The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome, everybody, to The Christine Upchurch Show. You might be listening live on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area or on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. If you're not listening live, you might be listening after the fact on christineupchurch.com or perhaps on one of the dozens of podcasts this show ends up. But wherever and whenever, we're really grateful you joined us here today. And if you're a regular listener, you've probably noticed that we're starting a little later than usual, had a few more commercials. It's because we had um, a little bit of an issue. First, we couldn't get our guest, and then we realized once we got through to our guest that... The guest is having problems with his one and only phone. So, what does that mean, Benny? I don't know, Benny. What, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm open for suge- options and suggestions. I'm here, too, with you. I'm kind of floating around. <laughs> it's funny because we did have a Skype address as a backup, but it's it, it's sort of It's just li- technology life, some days, you know. Life sometimes throws us a curveball, uh-huh. and we can either, like, miss it. Or hit it. And today, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do, but um, what I'd like to do today is to just chat about some of the things that are on my mind, because I, it, I, I'm i continually processing. I'm continually thinking in terms of what's going on in my life, what's going on in the external world, and, and what does it mean for our transformation? Um, so I'm just going to chat a little bit about um, what I'm thinking about and and if there's something that you want to talk about, then I would invite you to call in and we will chat, which is, I know, a different format than we normally do on this show. But, Benny, what's the, the telephone number if somebody would like to call in? Sure. It's 800-930-2819. It's through the Transformation Talk Radio Network, 800-930-2819. So if you live in the United States, um, I think that those of us who were paying attention to politics and those of us who were paying attention to the energetics of the world are feeling a little off kilter, shall I say? Um, We're undergoing changes. And what I think is so interesting is that there are many of us who felt like once we got through, you know, December 21st, December 2012, it's like once we got through that, things would be shifting to a much positive, more positive realm. And I know that there are several out there who channel that, yes, indeed, we've locked into something more positive. And yet we're in a situation where um, our government is shifting to, in many ways, more authoritarian. We don't know what to believe half the time because there's a lot of fake stuff out there. In fact, I think there was an article in, was it the Washington Post, that talked about how um, you can alter videos very easily so you don't know what's real and what's not. So it's interesting because Penny Pierce has talked about 
how we're shifting from um, the age of information to the age of intuition. So we have to learn to trust our gut. So I think that what's so challenging for us sometimes is to be paying attention to the external stuff and also being, you know, paying heed to that inner guidance and trying to figure out, first of all, what's true, what's not, what's for us, what's not, what's distraction and what's important information for us to stay on course. And then to sort of process And for those of us who are empaths or sensitives, it gets to be even more complex because what we're doing is we're also often tuning in to the emotions and the energetics of the changes underway, to the stress that's out there, and it can be overwhelming. So it's the sort of thing where we are having to learn to multitask in a big way. And it's it's not just about paying attention. It's also making choices. Because I think that as we go from this age of information to the age of intuition, we have to go beyond the intuition because we have to learn to discern, to interpret what's appropriate for us. And then, and here's the big then, make a choice to act. Because that action is an important part of our evolution right now. I know, I know, for, for many years, for decades, maybe even on some level for thousands of years, there have been spiritual teachings that say that we must stay in this realm of kind of focusing on our energy and focusing on our, our, our personal life and those people that we affect around us. And, and yes, indeed, that's true. But I really do believe that it is a a time on our planet where we're having to take that that purpose and that goal and take further action. It's not just about changing our energy. And I know that that's probably politically incorrect to say that. But I do believe that we need to sort of focus on what action we are inspired to take. And oftentimes... It might just be in our personal arena, but I think sometimes we are being inspired or sometimes kicked in the pants to go further than that. And that may mean to become politically active. It may mean to volunteer in a way that you didn't expect to volunteer at before. Um, It may mean to start posting things on social media that seem a little less spiritual, so to speak, or um, less positive. And it's not because we're supposed to be, you know, enmeshed in the negativity, but it's, no, it's not time for us to hide from that any longer about what's going on in the world. It is time for us to, to shift forward in new ways. Um, and we're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to want to hear from you. Uh, we've got a caller waiting, and I'm going to want to ha- chat with her because it's not very often I get to talk with anybody besides my guests. I'm looking forward to talking to our, um, our caller in just a few moments. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? 
and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's Accelerator program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on 1150 AM KKNW and radio.com. That's the wonderful Michael Tomlinson. Oh, he's an amazing musician. He has been for decades. He's also local here. And if you want to learn more about his music, go to michaeltomlinson.com. Well, and he just kind of said it best right there. You know, he's what? thankful for you. What do that, you that'd be for you in the song and the lyrics. Oh, he's yeah. thankful for you. He's thankful for me. He's thankful he for everyone listening. Yes, he is indeed. Yeah. And I, you know, he and I are friends on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and I've known him for a while. And it's been really fascinating to watch how he's over the past few years, he's been meditating and he's been deepening his understanding and his connection. And it's it's fascinating. And I think we'll probably have him back on the show in 
2020. We're working on it. Yep. 2020. That's a wild He's in concept. the middle of doing some album stuff, so yeah. don't want to interrupt him in that. No, we don't. And I think we've got a caller, Benny. We correct? do. Yep. And if you'd like to join us for the show, uh, Christine's opening up the phone lines today. Uh, and we would love to have you. 800-930-2819. 800-930-2819. We'll take Ruth now calling in from the Seattle area. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Hi. Hi. What What can I do for you? Well, I, I love um, listening to you, and I've read about you, and I've kind of, I'm, a, I'm 58 years old, mm-hmm. and I've done a ton of work on myself and understanding, and I kind of believe the science and the psychology thing all together, sure. so I, I believe that I was um, raised in a typical cluster B family, I developed an insecure attachment, um, mm. and I've had, you know gone through a couple adult relationships that weren't so good but um recently i've just been obsessing about my first love Mm. and um wondering um whether or not that would have been the right one for me and i found out that he'd actually i ran into a family member we kind of had a notebook type Uh um love where i actually have a shoebox full of love letters from him from the 1980s oh wow and um we we kind of parted after we both had graduated from college and it was just kind of a we went to college in different different states actually and but but there was um one of those third it was kind of a thing that you know kind of broke us up and instead of like I pretty much dumped him and then I went to Europe and traveled and and, you know, kind of got over him, and we each married different people. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know if you've ever studied this or looked into this, but I think there's a lot of people that look back because your brain on love uh-huh. when you're, it's your first love is kind of like the most powerful thing. Right. And I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at going forward with the rest of my life. I still feel that I'm very young, mm-hmm. but I, it's painful being alone and even though I love myself and I've done this huge journey um where I have a lot of love for myself and I've been very successful um in my in my business life good for you um but I just am feeling like I would love to connect with him I just don't know how but I did run into um a family member of his who said said basically um he's had a similar life like me only he Anyway, they said to me, boy, we sure wish that he would have married you. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where I've seen him stalk me on Facebook. I've been terrified to connect with him. I don't want to come across as being a stalker or anything. And mm-hmm. I, I'm i just that, but I, I just find myself constantly thinking about him. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, the science part of it in my brain and right. the and, fact and, that I've had some losses. I, I lost my son about... Um, a year and a half ago in a really oh, awful accident so after he graduated from college and then oh. my father died. So I know, I understand kind of the loss there, mm-hmm. but that's been about a year and a half mm-hmm. um, since those events. And I've had my own gotten therapy for that. So, but I'm at the point in my life to where I, I'm just kind of wondering if I'm supposed to connect with this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, um, first of all, this is going to sound really strange, but sometimes I think that the the losses that we can obsess about come up because we need to finish grieving them. Um, and the only way we can grieve them 
is to think of them as being final. So you're kind of in this limbo right now because you're thinking, okay, he's still alive. You know, that's one of the things when we grieve somebody who's passed, it's in some, in a twisted sort of way, it's, it's easier for us because there is no possibility of like connecting with them again, at least not in the, the human form that we want. And so we really, really let go. But for those connections where they're still alive and it has to do with the ending of a relationship, it can be more confusing because we have the option of not letting go completely. So I think that the fact that this is coming up, my suggestion to you would be to just in your mind come up with this scenario that it's not possible to reconnect first and foremost. And I'm not saying that that's long term, that that that's the answer, but that is going to allow you to let go fully. And sometimes when this stuff comes up for us, it's because we never really completely grieved the loss. Now, um, I'm also going to say something else, which is going to be sort of bizarre. And if you've listened to all my shows, you've heard the story before. But, um, you know, when when um, I was 15 years old, I'd been I'd grown up in Texas and Nebraska and I lived in Nebraska from second through ninth grade. You know, I was really plugged in there. My older brothers lived there. Um, I had to move to the East Coast, to the Boston area when I was 15. And it w- there was something that, you know, it's like I don't really want to live in Nebraska now. I mean, I, I love the Seattle area. There are many places in the country I love. But there was something about growing up there that I felt really connected to. Okay, so one day, this is going to sound really bizarre. One day, I woke up in the morning, and uh, I I was like half asleep, half awake. I saw myself as Christine Upchurch, not like in a different life or whatever. I saw myself as Christine Upchurch with a different hairstyle, sitting at a kitchen table in Lincoln, Nebraska, smoking a cigarette. And I was feeling some congestion in my lungs. And I said to her, I said, you need to stop smoking because it's affecting me in this life. And it's like, what? You know, this is like early 2000s. I thought this was really bizarre, but it felt very real. And then later on, I realized that there are some scientists out there who talk about how we may have all these parallel realities. So um, I thought, well, that's kind of bizarre. Maybe there's a Christine Upchurch still living in Lincoln, Nebraska, right? And sort of filed that away as that's one of these bizarre experiences I've had. Didn't think too much about it. Then, interestingly enough, many years later, I started to feel this grief about having to have left Nebraska when I was 15 years old. And I could not shake it. And I went into therapy. I mean, I was in therapy already. And I, I you know, went to my therapist to discuss it. And we did all our usual stuff. I did all my usual stuff. The writing, the, you know, the, the energetics, the trying to clear it. And it was still hanging over my head. And so what I said to um, my guides is, please help me to clear this. So I'm driving down the road in rush hour traffic. And you live in this area right? So you, you know how, how traffic can be at rush hour. And all of a sudden, I saw myself as Christine Upchurch in this parallel reality where I was living in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I could feel into her and realized that unlike me, she'd had a very happy marriage. Unlike me, she had a very happy family life. Um, and yet comparing the her and the me her life was feeling very complete in her early 50s. And 
my life in some ways was just beginning. And I realized that there were gifts in both lives. So the reason I'm telling you this long story is because perhaps on, in some reality, you two are together. That you didn't step away and, and go traveling, or maybe he came traveling with you. And as the veil thins, maybe you're tapping into that potentially happy life. So the question is, what are you getting in on this path that you wouldn't have gotten on that one? Ruth, is there something that you have learned or ways in which you've grown that if you just had this, this happiness oh, gosh, and ease? Yeah. And, uh, oh, my goodness. That I, what you've just said is amazing because um, I listen to every word you said, and I'm thinking of the same parallel. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so here's, here's, where I, here's what I'd like to tell you. Um, had I not, um, I mean, I could see what would have happened had I went back to him Uh and possibly had this life with him. What happened to me was so profound because I was brought up by a sociopath mother. Mm. I went through horrible abuse. I was the scapegoat of the family. So I ended up with an, an abusive marriage and then I ended up, um, through a series of events, winning this landmark case, which I'm writing the book about. Um, and I ended up starting a company, and my product changes people's lives. And so when I look at what's hap- the life that I've led mm-hmm. over the last 30, 30 or so years, uh-huh. um, and then you know producing four children, there's been a tremendous amount of pain and heartache. But the growth that I've experienced, I think, had I you know, married that man, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, maybe have this easy life, I would not have been able to, um, cut through, um, which most, I think most people I have met, probably 90% of adults walking around, and you know what I mean, mm. are not self-aware. Yes. They are living Oh, I in... thought it was a much higher percentage than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, honest to God, I feel like most people... And I'm a huge um, uh, fan of Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, Dr. Gabor Mate. Um, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer that I, I don't know that I would have been able to um, break free of my narcissistic abusive family uh-huh. in order to um, go through everything I've gone through um, had I chosen that kind of life, right. that kind of man. So in a way, I'm a, um, I've gone through this healing, and I went to, I don't know if you've heard of EMDR. Oh, you bet. Um, yeah. I've had it yeah. done before, yes. Yeah. So I had all this trauma from childhood, that I, and I've gone through this healing journey, which is priceless, and that you can't, you know, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't want to trade it for anything, but having, you know, I'm the only one in my family mm-hmm. on both sides. Of the family. I mean, even though... So many of us are successful people. Everybody are fake and phony, living the unconscious life. And I feel like because I rejected the whole thing and I became the scapegoat because, of course, I rejected the, right. the narcissist. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had this growth 
and I've gone to this whole nether, another di- dimension mm-hmm. um, of spirituality and, um, where I've applied science and psychology and everything, and it's just been amazing. So I can take the same thing that happened to you, uh-huh. um, your 15-year-old self, and I could, like, see that. I mean, I passed up Microsoft, and I was in computers and marketing. I graduated from the Foster School of Business in UW. I mean, I passed up these companies where I could have been living the easy life now. I mean, I, I had to go through and I was a survivor, not a thriver because mm-hmm. my mother didn't give me the gift of a secure attachment. So mm-hmm. it's been painful, but so, now I understand all this kind of stuff. And so in a way, you know, I've, I've gone through so much grieving, but I feel like I've arrived. And so now mm-hmm. that I've arrived and I, I'm, you know, I'm this whole different person. Yeah. And, does, and, does it, and that person who has healed is also vulnerable and feels that loss more deeply because now it's safe to feel it. And the other thing, one of the things that came to mind, you know, you talked about your narcissistic um, parent and one of the things on a, on a, larger level right now and there 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 are many who say this and I believe it to be true is that we have this unhealthy dynamic as many for many individuals between the narcissist and the empath the narcissist and the sensitive and the narcissists in you know they they've been very successful and very controlling of our political culture of our business world um, often of our families and so what's going on right now is we're, we're experiencing on a national and global level facing narcissists and their gaslighting and the, the dynamics that draw people into narcissism or draw people into to, to attract them to narcissists. So when I think about on a, uh, on a personal level, you've cleared that connection to the narcissist because it's it's really toxic. I, if people have never grown up that way or, or or been pulled into a relationship with the narcissist, you don't under, They can't understand how toxic it is and how hard it is to get out of that. So I think about the energetics of you personally breaking free of that, and and the positive effect that not only has on your life but on the global consciousness. The the offering us yet on another level, on energetic level, one more person who's cleared their their connection with narcissists. And and I too have come from that background. So I feel your pain, darling. It's bad. And yet coming through that and being on the other side of it, it is so empowering. And it allows us to see people more clearly. Don't you think, Ruth? Don't you think you see people? Oh my gosh, now? yes. I, I mean, you. I feel like I have this connection with you because I'm talking to another me. I'm an empath, totally, and I, um, I, yeah, I cleared the way. I feel like I've gone through the battlefield. I mean, I, you know, it's almost like I feel like the Dr. Seuss. I'm in a Dr. Seuss um, book where there's stars on stars and. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like everybody that's walking around and I meet, I I see them as these people who are just walking around and they are part of that, yeah. you know, and I was able to break free of it. And it's so liberating and so empowering. And I feel like I have very few friends mm. who 
to get it because yeah. every everybody is in the dark. Everybody oh, is just, so many people are. Um, and, yeah. and yet, and yet, here we are. We got two people here talking who aren't in the dark anymore. And um, Ruth, I don't know if you've seen my my TEDx talk that I did a little over a year ago. Um, no, I would love to. It's, How do it's I on find my, it? It's on my website, christineupchurch.com, or you can go to ted.com and, and put my name, Christine Upchurch, into there, and it'll pop up. But what I did is I talked about, I mean, first of all, TED these days, they don't want anything that can be considered to be woo-woo, so I couldn't talk about healing, at least not in the way that I would love to talk about it. Even I didn't even want to get into the science of it because they, they sometimes reject things that, that we often talk about on this show. But what I decided to talk about um, at my TEDx talk was the benefits of feeling like an outsider. Because I, there are many of us, and I think there are probably plenty of people who listen to KKNW, who listen to this show, who listen to Transformation Talk Radio, who felt different as kids, who have always felt kind of like an outsider. And it can be really painful because we humans are tribal in nature. And yet it has significant benefits because as an outsider, we can look at what's going on amongst the insiders and we can see the dysfunction. We can see how things need to shift. Um, so it's the kind of thing where if we stop just focusing on the pain and the woundedness of feeling like an outsider and instead look at the gifts that come from it, then it's very empowering, not only individually, but it will help change the tribe at large. You know, it will help change the world. Well, I understand that. And I struggle with that whole codependent thing where I have to fix the world, you know. I mean, I totally would probably easily fall into being a top, you know, do what you do because it's easy because that's how I was groomed uh-huh. to take care of the narcissist. Yeah. That's what us empaths do. Yes. We have to fix yes. it. We have right. to, you know, we have to make sure they're happy. So I struggle with that. But the, the fact is, Christine, is the, the hardest thing about what you do when you arrive at this point in your life uh, is the loneliness because it's, there's a tremendous amount of loneliness and that's where you know I do the self-love thing but the fact is that we're not made to be alone we're mm-hmm. not supposed to be alone so I thought are there any support groups for empaths are there any like is there any place for us to go because- yeah well first of all I don't know if you've heard um Judith Orloff she's written the empath survival guide She's a psychiatrist. Uh, she was also known as the psychic psychiatrist for when she came out of the closet about her intuition decades ago. Um, and she's written about two books about empaths. She's been on the show a couple of times as well. But she's got a Facebook group um, on empaths as well. So there are groups supporting empaths. Um, and yes, we are tribal in nature. And, you know, I'm at a similar stage of life you know, to you, and I'm not lonely anymore, which is kind of interesting. Although every once in a while I feel like, oh, I'm feeling a little lonely in this moment. It's time for me to reach out and connect with a friend or go to an event at East West Bookshop or, you know, whatever. But um, I don't think we have to be lonely. And even if we are alone much of the time, I don't think we have to feel lonely. But that feeling lonely is an indicator that it's time to connect with people of say your new tribe finding your new tribe yeah that that sounds wonderful i um i'm also writing a book i um 
um, with my son passing away as a result of, I think he was affected by his father. I went through domestic violence. I'm, mm. um, I'm, I'm writing a memoir um, and, you know, it's kind of bringing up stuff that I feel like I have the strength to do that, but I still don't want to be alone the rest of my life. Sure. And, and I don't know if I'm going to continue to be attracted to narcissists, but yeah. I, I honestly, I, I don't want to go into my later life years. And I think there's a lot of us at the tail end, you know, who've been born in the sixties or whatever. Sure. And, and I, I know we want to connect, but I, where do you find people who have be, have become self-aware because I honestly don't know if I could um, remarry or get connected with and with someone if they haven't done any work and mm-hmm. that's different from people who maybe go to AA because those people are still in my opinion unconscious uh-huh. um, you know what I mean I, I I'm just I, I don't I want to have a partner and you know, I don't do the dating. I'm not, you know, I've never done the dating thing or the mm-hmm. online thing or whatever. Right. And I, I just am wondering what your thoughts are on that or maybe what you've done or if I'm in, I, I don't want to look at being alone the rest of my life. Yeah. So I do think that there's those of us who can find a partner. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, what I was calling for because mm-hmm. I, this guy from my past, for all I know, he could be. Um, thinking the same thing as I am mm-hmm. and wanting to connect and we, you know, we could meet up and something could happen. Right. So I guess that's originally why I was calling you is if you do want to connect with somebody and you're a self-aware person like me, what's the best way to um, approach them without scaring them off or mm-hmm. without, I don't know. That's why I originally called and said, I, I love you. And I just <laughs> think you're amazing. And I, but I'm, I'm, I can accept what you're telling me to just pretend like it's over and it's, I can't think of it, but ever seeing that person again. But in a way, I I know that I, how do I know it couldn't be something mm-hmm. that could turn into love and romance. And, and you don't, you don't know at this point. Um, and by the way, I want to back up a little bit. And I think there are probably some very conscious people in AA. I, I know that it's, you know, I, I, I think that, um, Different strokes for different folks. Sometimes it can be very, very helpful for conscious individuals to connect with other addicts when they've been addicts. But anyway, um, in Ariel Ford, are you familiar with her work? No. She's, she's been on the show. Um, and she's, you know, I took one of her courses about, um, you know, finding your soulmate. And it was before I was ready to find her your soulmate. It was one of those times when I just ended up randomly in this class when I was still undergoing, like going through this divorce. But um, she, she has you write down in columns, like your, your various boyfriends or girlfriends, significant others, and your parents. And you look at their positive qualities and, the, and their negative qualities. And so you just sort of go through and, and write all those things out. And then you see how you end up, you know, marrying or being attracted to your father or your mother kind of thing. Um, but then she says to, to create the list of what it is you want and then write an impassioned letter like you're you're so grateful for having found this person. And then just you know, like it's kind of like it's already there, done, write it. And um, and that will and it's not just like a list, you know, oh, this needs to be this tall and, you know, and and 
you know, have this kind of money and all this stuff. I mean, people go through those lists, and I think sometimes those lists can get a little silly. But really about how you feel in the relationship, how you feel, whether it's respected, you know, you love to laugh together, you know, like you go through this list of things that are really important to you and then pretend that you've already got it and write up that letter. Like you're, you're sending wow. this letter to somebody, you know, who cares about you. Uh, you're, sending the, you're sending the letter to me about how you found the perfect guy. And maybe this is the, it's this man and maybe it's not. Um, sometimes we'll look back on things and think that, you know, they would have been better. And, and had we actually experienced it, we might have had a very different perspective. Um, but you end up, may end up getting, you know, drawn further you know, to connect with this man. Uh, or it could be that somebody else just walks into your life. But Ruth, I really appreciate you calling. And I want you to, to um, let me know how things work out. Um, we're going to have to go to a quick break. But thanks for calling. Something that I was looking for. Thank you so much. That's given me something that I can actually do. And thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Um, we're going to go to a quick break, but stay tuned for more. And Benny, if somebody else wants to call in, what's that number? Sure. You, uh, it's 800-930-2819. That's the number. 800-930-2819. Be right back. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious, keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs and what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago, when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt 
than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Eptrich Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. That is the wonderful Michael Tomlinson, michaeltomlinson.com, for his music. I don't know that he, if he's on iTunes or not, but I know that if you go to his website, you can um, download his music. We had, you know, <laughs> life throws a curveball today, and uh, I'm grateful to be with you here today one way or another. And before we spoke with Ruth, I was talking about how we're being asked to shift I really do believe that our concept of spirituality needs to change. We've been candy-coating aspects of it. We've been separating it from the rest of our life, um, and it's, it, it's not sustainable. I, I often say that, you know, cotton candy perhaps is, is really tasty and gives you a little zing, but it's not going to be life-sustaining. It's the same thing with some of the... Uh, the the super sweet aspects of of spirituality that we've been sort of brought to believe within the the new age, um, and it's the kind of thing where it's really time to get grounded, and and part of being grounded is learning to take action. So um, it's interesting. I had a client say recently that she was feeling confused and upset because. The process that she's been going through for like the, you know, the, the, oh gosh, for decades now, the, the rituals she's been using to connect with her, you know, higher guidance, to connect with God, you know, universal intelligence, whatever you want to call it, was no longer feeling sacred. And she wanted to know how to get it back. And I said to her, I said, what if this is a part of your natural evolution that you're not supposed to get it back? What if? Instead of having this compartmentalized connection that feels sacred, it's about connecting with that on a moment-to-moment basis, integrated with all aspects of who you are and how you live your life, and it's not supposed to feel the same way anymore. And of course, there's this issue of attachment, right? If we're attached to things being a particular way, then it gets in the way of us experiencing what it is we're experiencing. really should be experiencing in the here and now, and it actually prevents us from, from feeling that sacredness again if it should arise. So it was kind of interesting to see that here's somebody who was sort of on the forefront of the New Age movement in her own way um, and helping lead others along, and suddenly she was feeling like she'd hit the wall because she was not getting what she had gotten before from her rituals, from her practices. And I really do believe that our next stage of evolution is to have less attachment to those rituals, have less attachment to what we consider to be spiritual, and instead be embracing all of life. And sometimes it could feel sacred. It might be, you know, munching on the strawberry, right? And suddenly you can feel the, the soil and the sun, 
and the life force in that strawberry, and that can feel really sacred. Um, but it's not about necessarily finding that sacredness in the, in the meditation room. So I really do think that our next, next stage of evolution is about integration. And interestingly enough, uh, our, our approach to spirituality is sort of, it's about creating this time and space, which can be wonderful for connecting. But here's the deal. There's a difference between male and female brains. There's an interesting study that was done with nearly a thousand subjects at the University of Pennsylvania. And they found that up until puberty, there was actually no difference between male and female brains. But after puberty, there was a significant difference between male and female brains. On average, the male brains had more front-to-back connections. Think in terms of focus. Think in terms of taking action. Think in terms of hunter going after the buffalo. Whereas the female brains had more like left lobe to right lobe cross interaction. Think intuitive guidance and, and taking action. Think multitasking. Think connection to all that is and integrated into to daily life. So our approaches of prayer and meditation and compartmentalizing our spirituality has been helping us to focus. But it helps men more than women in general because they have fewer connections. So they need to have that, their eyes closed. They need to have that quiet focus time. Um, whereas women sort of do it more naturally. And I really do believe that we women are going to be bringing men along and, and with this approach of the integrated moment-to-moment awareness, um, that moment-to-moment connection, that taking inspired action in that moment, whether it's... Um, inspired action of, you know, taking a significant step in our life or taking a different route home because we're guided to. And that's going to help us become what I call spiritually deliberate. Uh, it's, it's about taking that authentic kernel of who we are on a deep level, the soul level, the, the soul within this personality level, the soul with purpose, and guiding us forward in a way that not only has to do with the big issues in our life, you know, what relationship we're in, um, what career we choose to have, but also in those moment-to-moment, you know, decisions of do I call my friend now or do I not answer the phone when my friend is calling because I don't quite feel like it right now. It's the sort of thing where I think we're going to need to learn to navigate in a way where we embrace all that is, including the pain. It's not about trying to get to that spiritual level to transcend the pain, the emotionality of, of what we're experiencing, but rather be very aware of the multiple levels of, of what we're experiencing. Yeah, I'm really angry right now, and I'm angry because I don't have control over this situation. And look at this person, you know, who's in human form, who really wants to have more control And she needs to learn to let go in this situation. And when she lets go, she'll learn that the next, you know, next bit of action she takes will be more inspired. But she just needs to kind of learn to let go. And, you know, it's like the the multiple levels of um, the sensations in our body that, that give us all this information about, okay, I need to stay away from driving down that part of the parking lot or... I need to 
not answer that phone right now or I need to reach out to um, calling my my parent because when I think about that, it, it gives me ease. It's, it feels like the right thing. So integrating the physicality and, and how we feel, integrating our emotions, integrating the the mental aspects of of the analysis of what we observe and also that inspired peace that's connected to all that is that's connected to God that is made of love and move forward in that way connect, connecting with all of it good bad ugly and that's i think our next stage of evolution this has been an interesting show. I want to thank Ruth again for calling in, and I want to thank you for listening. Um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.